And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I don't know her tone when she was saying this, but I don't believe it was a rebuke to Jesus. She was basically making a proclamation of her faith in him, knowing that if he was there, Lazarus would not have died. Every creature's unique in a song that it sings, all exclaiming, indescribable, uncontainable. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing, God. All powerful, untamable. Welcome, everyone, to Truth. In Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus waited four days because he knew the Jewish superstition of that day that said, A soul stayed near the grave for three days, hoping to return to the body. Therefore, it was accepted that after four days, there was absolutely no hope of resuscitation. When Martha found that Jesus had arrived, she said to him, Lord, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Martha was not confident that Jesus would raise her brother. Instead, she said that she would still trust Jesus despite this disappointment. This was a remarkable demonstration of faith, one that should be taken as an example. Now here's Pastor Rob. And notice the phrase that you may believe even the disciples' faith was growing through this event, and so are we. We're still growing through all of these things that we read as we continue to know. And as the the depth of our understanding gets deeper and deeper and deeper, our dependence on Christ grows deeper and deeper as well. That's That's why we gather like this. It's like a big meal. We're all being fed. And I'm a fat sheep, and I love it. I've been a fat sheep for a long time. But I need to start moving and losing some of that weight and getting out there and telling people the truth, right? But be willing to be challenged and keep learning and growing. Just as the disciples, they, were, they didn't quite get it, but they're learning and growing just like we are. Don't allow yourself to get stale and crusty. Always keep learning. Don't allow yourself to be puffed up with spiritual pride. Let's get real with each other and not judge and criticize and scrutinize one another, not being jealous and envy of each other. Verse 16, it says, Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. Some commentators believe that Thomas here was basically stating, let's go with him and die, and that was kind of like a chivalrous kind of very heroic kind of thing to say. And some believe that. I also think that because the disciples were human just like we are, I think it's very possible that Thomas is going, you know what, we're going to go back to that. Whatever, we're going to die. We'll just go die with you. You know, (laughs) let's just go. (laughs) I think it's possible. I think it's possible, but for the glory of God. Notice what it says in Colossians. 
And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As we come upon the Thanksgiving season, what a great opportunity to give thanks to God for all that he has done and all that he hasn't allowed as well. I thank him for the things that he's done and the things he hasn't done, especially in my life. I'm glad that he didn't answer the prayers that I had been praying that were very selfish that would have led me on a different trajectory other than the trajectory that he's got me on now, which is toward him. I was serving myself and my flesh and going another direction. Thank God that he got me off on his trajectory. And may I always stay on that narrow path. In fact, may may we all stay on that narrow path. There is life on that path, and everyone is welcome. And by the room, by the way, even though that... that, uh, That road is narrow. It's long enough for every single soul to fit on that road. We may have to follow in in, in twos, going down two by two, like going into the ark. (laughs) But we're all going to get there. And everyone is invited. And I love what it says in Corinthians. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. As we get into verse 17, this is really the, the place where we wanted to land this morning. And one of the things that we have to understand is between John's gospel at the end of chapter 10 and the beginning of chapter 11, between those two chapters, there are actually about 11 different events in the life of Jesus. And they're all recorded for us in Luke's gospel, beginning in chapters 13, verse 22 through 17, verse 10. But about 11 events happen between those two verses in the life of Jesus. And one of the ones I want to bring your attention to is the second to the last event before this happens in chapter 11, because Jesus spoke of the rich man and Lazarus. In fact, why don't you turn there, if you would, to chapter 16 of Luke, and we're going to look at this really quick. Because this Lazarus here in this passage is not the same as Lazarus, of Bethany. This Lazarus that is being raised in chapter 11 is not the same as the Lazarus in this passage in Luke's gospel. In what we're reading now in Luke, this man was a beggar and he died and went to heaven. But Lazarus of Bethany is still with us according to the narrative and he wasn't a beggar. Okay, so two different Lazaruses. But notice There's a reason we're going here. Read it with me, beginning in verse 19. Jesus said, There was a certain man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day, but there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom, or that's a a, a Hebrew idiom for heaven, okay? Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried, and he being in torments in Hades, or hell. Yes, these are two very real places. And he lifted up his eyes, and he saw Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all of this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to 
pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. And then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have brothers, I have five brothers, that he he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes to him from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. That's significant. It's interesting that Jesus spoke of this prior to raising Lazarus of Bethany from the dead. Please take note of that last verse in verse 31. If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. This is a proof text that miracles don't necessarily produce saving faith. Somebody can rise from the dead. Even Jesus rose from the dead. And many, some believe, but not all. In fact, the majority of them did not. And although there were conversions after the raising of Lazarus, the Bible makes no mention of the religious leaders coming to Christ after his resurrection. But the religious leaders were accountable, and the Jews, because they heard of this event of the rich man and Lazarus. I, I believe this is a real man. This is a real situation. When Jesus spoke in parables, he didn't mention names. But when he mentioned names, I believe this is a very real person. This event that Jesus is talking about is not just a parable. It's something that really happened. Like, like, jo- or, uh, excuse me, like Job. He spoke of Job as if he was a real man because he was. That really happened. And the majority of the Sanhedrin, this, 70, this group of 71 men who um, oversaw the Uh, Israel and their laws and stuff like that. The majority of them were Sadducees, and the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. But this idea of the resurrection is one of the most important doctrines of the Bible. One of the most important. In fact, I think it's one of the top few, because if Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then we are all in in a really bad pickle. If all he did was die, and that was it, and he made the claim that he died for our sins but didn't rise again like the Bible said he was going to, be, going to do, then we are, we are of all people most miserable, Paul said. If, if he died but he didn't rise from the grave, we are wasting our time. We might as well go play golf or pick apples, <laughs> do something. But the resurrection, very important. And the raising of Lazarus, as significant as and important as it is, we can't confuse this with the resurrection of Jesus. There are two totally different, not only two different events, but uh, even though Lazarus was raised from the grave, he did not have the same resurrection body of Jesus. And thus, he did die again. Yes, Jesus rose him from the grave, but he didn't have a resurrection body like Jesus did. He died again. The Bible doesn't tell us when Lazarus died, but he did die a physical death and went to glory like anybody else at that time who would believe in Christ. Look with me at, uh, let me read this to you, but you can write this in your Bibles. It's in 1 Corinthians. Uh, Paul says to them, But someone will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Foolish one, he says, what you sow is not what uh, is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases. 
and to each seed its own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. There is one kind of flesh of man, another of animals, another of birds, another of fish. There's also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. You and I have a terrestrial body made of the earth. We came from the the, the dirt. We came from Adam. But we're going to receive a new body that's celestial, and that's what he's talking about here. He said there's one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. One differs from another. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption. That's what it is right now. But it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And there is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. Right now, we have our natural bodies, but we're getting a wonderful upgrade that doesn't cost us anything. It costs him everything. But it's coming. Are you looking forward to that upgrade? I am looking forward to that. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, speaking of Jesus, became a life-giving spirit. And so... Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. He, when he rose again from the grave, his body was very different. He even looked slightly different, but he still had the holes where the, where the nails went and where the pierced side with the sword and the crown of thorns. He still had those wounds, but he was just slightly different, but he was able to pass through limestone, several feet of limestone, Remember, the stone was rolled away, not so that Jesus could get out because he was knocking on the inside, let me out! No, they rolled away the stone so that people could get in to see what had happened. And do you know, John tells us in John chapter 20 that when they went in there, when Peter and John went into that tomb, what did they see? The wraps that he was wrapped in. They were all wrapped around him like this, and they just literally collapsed. And then the napkin that was around his head, a separate piece, was folded like a napkin and set off by its side. He literally passed through those wraps when he received his resurrection body. Very different from what we're looking at today with Lazarus because he came out hand and foot with all the wraps on him and then Jesus had to say, take those wraps off him and let him go. Take those wraps off him. But the resurrection body of Jesus, something different. What does it tell us in 1 Corinthians 15? It says, all, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But notice this, very important. But each one in his own order, when the resurrection occurs, the resurrection, with the new body, Christ is the first fruits. He was the first. And then afterwards, those are Christ's at his coming, at his coming. The raising of Lazarus was like a trial. It was like a forecast. Just a little over a week before Jesus would be put to death on the cross, he brought Lazarus back to life. It was a foreshadowing of what Jesus was about to do at the cross. But there is life after death. When we die, this this body goes into the ground, but then our soul returns to God if we're a believer. And if we are not a believer, our soul goes to Hades or hell. And it's there until the judgment of the last day, at which point those in Hades or hell will be cast into a lake of fire which will be forever and ever. And that's the eternal state for the unbeliever. But notice, Martha said, Lord, I know that 
He will rise again in the last day in the resurrection. Jesus had taught them this. They knew that the resurrection was coming. Jesus taught them. In fact, this very sign that we're looking at this morning is the very last sign in the book of John because after we get through this chapter, we're going to get into just the last week or so of Jesus' life. We call it the Passion Week. So verse 17, when Jesus came, he found them that they had already been in the tomb for four days, that he had been Lazarus. In rabbinical writings, it was believed that the dead person's soul revisited the tomb during the first three days after death, but it left permanently after the fourth day, thinking that death was irreversible after the fourth day. And I love that because Jesus, what does he do? He doesn't come, he waits. He waits for Lazarus to die. He waits for the decomp to set in, the rigor mortis, all these natural processes in the Middle East and that weather. Decomposition happens very quickly. In fact, Martha would say, Lord, don't roll away the stone. He's going to be stinking. We're going to defile ourselves. And Jesus says, no, roll. i got something to show you. It says, now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And Bethany was near the road that led from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And that road is still there today. I actually took a picture when we were going up from Jericho, going up uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, This this road that is here is actually a four-lane road, two coming and two going. But this is the area. It's, It's an ancient road. It's been there for a long time. And this is the road, part of the road that Jesus would walk on as he would go from Jerusalem down to Bethany and then down to Jericho and down into Transjordan area. And notice in verse 19, And many of the Jews had joined the women around Mary and Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. And then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. And I love the fact that the Bible talks about these, these two ladies and their, their very different personalities. Martha was the real go-to gal, the, you know, get busy, and Martha was the one who would sit at Jesus' feet. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I don't know her tone when she was saying this, but I don't believe it was a rebuke to Jesus. She was basically making a proclamation of her faith in him, knowing that if he was there, Lazarus would not have died. And Jesus wasn't going to do a good thing at the expense of an, eater, of, an either, of an even greater thing. The good thing would be to raise Lazarus from the dead. But Jesus had a greater plan, and that was to raise... Um, um, I'm sorry, the good thing was to prevent Jesus, or Lazarus, excuse me, from dying. But the greater thing was to raise him from the dead. Proving that he is God. And showing to the world forecasting, foreshadowing what Jesus would do just days from this moment. But verse 22, back in our text, Martha still speaking. She says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask God, he will give it to you. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And she said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. And see, this is significant because they believed in the resurrection. The Pharisees Uh, of the day also believed in the resurrection, but the Sadducees did not. In John chapter 5, verse 28, it says this, Jesus said, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in the which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good, notice, to to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil 
to the resurrection of condemnation. Yes, every single person on the planet will be resurrected. Those who have done good, who have received Christ, they will be resurrected to life. And those who have rejected Christ will be resurrected for condemnation for eternity. That's what the Bible says. And we'll look at some of those quickly this morning. But this resurrection, resurrection of life, it speaks of the resurrection in general, which we see in the Scriptures has three phases to it. Three phases. The Bible refers to it as the first resurrection because it's a three-phase resurrection for believers. And then there's also another resurrection at the end, but it's for unbelievers. Unfortunately, the Bible doesn't call it the second resurrection. It calls it the second death. And we see that at the end of the book of Revelation. If you were to look at this graphic that I have on the screen, those items marked in red are what we call the first resurrection. It's in three waves. Remember that passage I just read, Christ the first fruits, and then those who are Christ at his coming? Notice that first one in red, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's the first fruits because his body was raised an incorruptible body, a, a body very different from Lazarus' physical body. Lazarus rose again, and then he died again, and then went to heaven. His soul went to heaven. He's still waiting for his resurrection. But Jesus, when he died, he rose, and he had a celestial body that could pass through rock. It could appear and disappear at will, it appears. But notice, but those who are at Christ at his coming, I believe that not only refers to the second physical coming of Christ to the earth, but also the rapture of the church. Two separate events. But you know this one, that the rapture. Notice that second one, on the second from the left, the rapture of the church. That's the second phase. That's what we are waiting for, literally, right now. Because the Lord could, let's just read it. First Thessalonians 4.13, let me read it to you. Paul said to them, I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. When he returns, he's going to bring those. He's going he's to gather them. For this we say to you, notice, by the word of the Lord, this was not Paul's opinion, he received this by revelation, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or those who have died in Christ. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet of God, with the trumpet of God. And notice, the dead in Christ, those from the New Testament up to currently, they will rise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive at that time, which could be today, hopefully, and remain, will be caught up. The Greek word is harpazo. The Latin Vulgate says rapio. That's where we get our word rapture. You won't find the word rapture in the Bible because it's a Latin term. But the idea is that we will be violently changed in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15. In a twinkling of an eye, our body will be changed after the dead in Christ have risen. It'll happen so quickly It'll be like a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ will rise with an incorruptible body just like Jesus, and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up and changed, transformed immediately, and taken to heaven with him. And you know what that's going to do to the world? (laughs) They're going to have a lot of problems. What happened? 
Why did several million people on the planet just go automatically? You think it's going to cause some social upheaval? You better believe it. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.